0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of OT Takes, Overtime Takes, whatever you want to call it. No guest today, no ZG, no anybody like that. Just, just your boy, Jonathan Smith. I'm I'm doing it solo today. Really excited. There's a whole bunch of stuff for me to talk about, especially in the the NBA world. That's where we're, that's where we're gonna be focusing at for most of today's episode. So, without that, you know, let's let's get into it. So, first off, I gotta on my my Dallas Mavericks evening up the series last night two to two against the Clippers. What I think it's probably been the most entertaining series we've seen so far. A bunch of close games. I mean it's too, it's tied two to two right now, and yeah it's this is great. So, you know obviously last night Luca is the headline which we're gonna get to him here in a minute. But I just want to talk about two things that one thing that's blatantly obvious that I'm gonna say it, or like obviously Jonathan. Like that's cl- clearly been happening, but I'm going to talk about how important it is for future series. Because even though the Clippers are struggling right now, I still believe that they're going to win this series, and they're still going to go on to win it all. The Mavericks are just a really tough draw in the first round. I mean, the greatest, the greatest offense we've seen in 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 the the NBA's history, especially when you look at their their offensive efficiency rating is the highest ever. And yeah, they're just they're really tough to stop. You know, they got one of the best offensive players in the league, obviously, in Luca. And I know Porzingis is you know he's been ejected in one game and he didn't play last game, but he's also a tough matchup for them. So without so, let's look at two of the big things that I think have stood out. So the first thing that I've seen that is probably going, going to be considered a hot take is Rick Carlisle has been out coaching Doc Rivers, and that's because Rick Carlisle is a better coach. Than Doc Rivers, right? Like when we think of great coaches in the NBA, Rick Carlisle is not one of the first names that comes to our mind, but like it should be, right? Like this is the guy who coached the twenty eleven Dallas Mavericks and beat, you know that that dream team of you know LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh, right? Great defensive coach. Obviously, he's a great offensive coach. I mean, just look what he's done with this Mavericks offense, right? Like like I've already said, I think twice already, best offense in best offense in, in the league's history. So he he's a great coach. You can see the adjustments that they've made, especially in game four, it's pretty obvious they're they're starting to to bring a double on the first dribble whenever Kawhi's whenever Kawhi's posting up, forcing the ball out of his hand. And that's in large part because of how terribly Paul George has been playing. Right? So this is the obvious thing that I was talking about before. Right, like Paul George, I think I mean he's been bad. You know, there's no other way to really put it. And so look, I don't think it really matters for the series just because Dallas isn't as good as some of these other teams, like the Lakers, who the Clippers are going to see more than likely in the the Western Conference Finals. And so, like, why, why is this important, Jonathan? Like, why does Paul George playing bad in this series matter so much for the for their future series, right? So when you play teams that have two stars, right, you, you're not you're not going to stop both. Like very, very rarely are you going to have a good enough defensive team and good enough on-ball defenders to stop two stars, right? Like, we never really see it, right? Like, Kawhi is either going to go get 30, like like he always does. and or, So let me back up because that probably didn't make any sense to you all. So when you're playing these teams, you really have two options, right? Like, you can focus your defense towards Kawhi Leonard and try and stop him, right? Right? Or you can focus your defense towards Paul George and try and stop him, right? That's what we see a lot of these teams do, right? Like, there's no game plan to stop both Anthony Davis and LeBron James, right? Teams are going to focus on one guy. So they're they're going to let one guy go get his 25 to 30, and they're going to try and hold the other guy to, between 15 and 20, right? And so this is what we see a lot of the times, right? And I just think that it's blatantly obvious that Paul George is the guy that you have to try and stop if you're playing against the Clippers, Right? Like, Paul George is playing bad, and they've dropped two games to a Dallas team that's nowhere near as good as they are. Right? So, I just think that it's made game planning for the future teams that they play a lot easier. Right? Plus, Paul George is definitely the easier player of the two to stop. Right? So, I just think that this is the clear and obvious choice to go with whenever you play against the Clippers in terms of scheming against them to try and stop them. Right? So... Enough of the Clippers. I'm I'm ready to talk about Dallas and how great they were last night. Mainly how great Luka was last night. You know, his final stat line, 43 points, 17 rebounds, 13 assists, on a bad ankle with no Christophs Perzingis there to help him, right? Youngest player ever with a 40-point triple-double in playoff history. The only other two players to ever have 40-point triple-doubles in the playoffs are the great Magic Johnson and the great LeBron James. So, He's been ridiculous. He's been great all playoffs. He's been great all season, right? 21 years old. It's really weird to, like, watch these guys that are my age and just, like, see how great they are. And then, meanwhile, like, I'm here at home talking about how great they are. <laughs> so, it's definitely you know, a weird thing for me. But at the same time, like, he's so good, right? And so, Luka is a top five player in the league. I think that you know, most people would agree with that statement, right? Right. I think that last night, you know, he he definitely proved it. You know, he hit the big shot at the end. You know, he was answering. He was really going back and forth with Kawhi there down the stretch, matching big bucket for big bucket, hitting big threes, just ma- making the right basketball play as well. Right? Like, you know, he wasn't Kobe, who's, you know, going to go get, you know, fifty or sixty in, in a game like that. You know, he still had his his thirteen assists, and he still did a really good job of involving his teammates, which I think is a big part of their offense and why their offense has been great all year. So. He's he's definitely, you know, a top five player in the league. And you know, as I was, you know, thinking about him being a top five player, i just I just think about how often like we use that phrase, right? Like like such and such is a top five player, right? We say it all the time about so many different players, right? Like anytime you know LeBron is brought up, obviously like they say he's he's the best player, right? Kawhi Leonard's brought up, some people are like, no, he's the best player right and then people are like oh james harden you know he's the best one on one player in history therefore like he's got to be you know a top 5 player in, in in the league right now right whenever we talk about the lakers you know we say you know lebron james and anthony davis they've got two of the top 5 players in the league you know and then, and then we talk about giannis right i'm like oh yeah that's, that's a top 5 player i've just named like six or seven guys that we've all said are top 5 but obviously there's only five spots right so i just want to make it pretty clear for for people that who these, who these top five guys in the NBA are when you look at their whole game. So, without further ado, here's my top five players in the NBA right now. You ready? So, number one, I think it's pretty obvious if you've been watching the playoffs. It's Kawhi Leonard. The best, you know, if, if I need one bucket, call him Kawhi Leonard. I need one stop, call him Kawhi Leonard. You know, he's just the best two-way player in the league. And offensively, he's just so good. You know, his mid-range is unbelievable you leave him open he, he can hit he can hit the three obviously and he's a great defender and obviously he can finish around the bucket with just about anybody in the league number two is LeBron James you know he's still you know one of the you know the top three player of all time you know he's definitely one of the best players to ever play our game um, doesn't have it defensively like he used to like he can still turn it on for short stretches or for one possession here and there like we saw him do in the bubble when he was guarding Kawhi Leonard. And so he's he comes in at two for me. Number three is a guy that we haven't talked about all year because he's been hurt, but it's, it's Kevin Durant. Like he's he's you know In my opinion, I think he's the greatest offensive player to ever play basketball. Six foot ten, can handle it, can shoot it, can finish around the bucket. He's also a very underrated defender. I think that's partially just because of how good of an offensive player he is that we don't think about how great he was defensively, especially in Golden State. Towards the end there. I mean, from 2017 on, like he was probably the best defender on their team. And then number four is where I have Luka. You know, I mean, you saw it last night, right? Like, Duke can score whenever he wants, makes the right play. Uh, has surprised me defensively. He's been much better than what I thought he was going to be. So I've been very pleased with him and his defensive production as these playoffs have gone on. And then coming in at number five, I'm going to get some heat for having him this low. Giannis Antetokounmpo, right? And I already know I'm going to get questions like, Jonathan, why is he not higher? Here's why. It's a shooter's league and he can't shoot. Okay, like he's a great defender, going to win defensive player of the year. Obviously, he's a great offensive player. Uh, He averaged 30 points a game this year. And obviously, he, he can rebound. But he's just not, he can't shoot, you know? And I just think that it's hard to be, Better than any of these other, you know, four guys who, you know, I mean, LeBron's not a great shooter, but if I leave him open, he's gonna probably gonna knock it down, you know. Whereas teams when they play Giannis, they're like, we're gonna leave you open, and you're not gonna knock it down, right? So that's why he's lower on my list. Um, and then like this is, yeah, th- these are your five best players in the league. I don't really think you can argue it, you know. I mean, you want to talk about James Harden? I mean, he's Luca, but he's not as good of a defender, and he also doesn't get his teammates involved. As much as Luca does, um, talk about Anthony Davis. I think it's a it's a guard dominant league, so it's really hard for me to put a guy like that in my in my top five. Even though you know, he's he is a great player. So yeah, so with that, we're gonna move on to some of the other series around the NBA. Mainly the two that ended. You know, the Raptors swept swept the Nets. I don't think anybody's really surprised by that. The big you know alarming thing there is Kyle Lowry sprained his ankle in the first quarter of that game. But you know, with three days off, you know we saw how quickly, you know, um, Luca was able to bounce back, and his injury or the way he tweaked his ankle looks way worse than, than than Lowry's. So look, with with three days to recover, Kyle Lowry's going to be fine. He should be ready for Game One against the Celtics. And speaking of the Celtics, they swept the, they swept the 76ers, which was really surprising. I figured you know the 76ers would get like one or two off of them, just you know, Embiid going crazy and Tobias Harris playing well. But, you know, that obviously didn't happen, and yeah, so now, you know, the Celtics are going to give the Raptors all they can handle. I think, I've been thinking about this series, and I'm not going to tie my my sail to a boat yet in terms of who I think is going to win, but I really like the Celtics. Jason Tatum is going to be great. He's going to be a tough matchup, even though I think the Raptors are going to put uh, Siakam on him, but... He's so good offensively, I don't really think it's going to matter. So we'll see. I'm, I'm leaning Celtics right now, but I'm, I'm going to think about it a little bit more because, you know, I mean, I, I bet against the Raptors last year and was wrong, and I definitely don't want to do that again. So now I think the big question after looking at the Celtics and the 76ers is where do the 76ers go from here, right? So they've got, they've got three options, right? Trade Simmons, trade Embiid, or keep them both. But look, you can't keep them both. Their styles just clash too much. So we're just going to throw that option out of the window. And so we're going to look at our two options. Option number one is, is you trade Ben Simmons, right? So I've got some some pros and cons here for for each scenario. So our, our first scenario is let's say that they trade Ben Simmons, right? So here's here's a pro. You keep the best big man in basketball, right? I think... If not, you know, he's probably the second best behind Davis, right? Like, both of those guys are fantastic. I don't care who you have, one or two. But Embiid, you know, you keep definitely the most dominant player in terms of the way that he can post up, he can step out, and, and he he can knock down a jump shot, th- things of that nature, right? And another pro is you get rid of a guy in Ben Simmons who can't shoot, right? Like, you need, you know, if Embiid's going to be the, the focal point of your offense, then you have to have guys around him who can shoot. And you get rid of Ben Simmons, you get rid of a guy who can't shoot, so that that'd be a good thing right and as well you know when you trade Ben Simmons you know he's still young he's got a lot of talent he definitely you know jumps off the screen when you're watching TV and you know, you're gonna get a haul of players and picks for him right guys to really surround and beat and really build a new identity that you know the 76ers I think really need because I don't think they really have much of an identity identity right now right so I think that you know if you trade Ben Simmons you know you get a bunch of players and you really have an opportunity to start fresh, right, with a guy in Embiid who's still pretty young, and you could build a really solid team around him. Here are the cons, though, right? Embiid has his injury history, right? Isn't always healthy, but in today's league, that's not that big of a deal. Like we're okay with Kawhi Leonard playing sixty games. So if you can get you know sixty games out of Embiid, I think that you're fine as long as he's as long as he's there for the playoffs. And then here's the biggest problem with it for me: is your best player's a big man. In a league that's ran by guards, right? And I was talking to my dad about this, and his thing was he's all for trading Simmons because he's like, like there's more good guards in the league than there are good centers. And I was like, you're right, but there's only one six foot eleven point guard in the league, and that's Ben Simmons, right? So that that's the only con, even though you know, Embiid does have some guard skills with his ability to shoot the ball, but. I don't. I just having the ball in a guard's hands down the stretch. I think it's just it's easier to get it into their hands because they're bringing the ball at the floor. Whereas you know if let's say you know they trade Simmons and I don't know who their their backup point guard is. I forget his name, but you know they have some. They have let's say they have uh, Tobias Harris bring the ball at the floor right because he's still got three years left on his contract. He's got to bring it up. And then he has to make a good entry pass to Embiid, and then Embiid has to catch the ball. And that, that right there alone is going to take. You know, you know, for him to bring the ball all the way up the floor, you know, it's going to take ten seconds just to get the ball in in uh in, in beat's hands, and for him to have a even an opportunity to make a play, right? Whereas, you know, you have a guard who can bring the ball up the floor, you know, they're they're across the the time the timeline in about six seconds, right? And then you know now you've got eighteen seconds on your shot clock t- for for your guard to make a play, right? Who can do multiple things quicker? He can he can go to the bucket, he can shoot, or whatever, right? So that's the only. That's the only real con, I think, of having, you know, of keeping Embiid is that, you know, your best player's a big man in a guards league. So option number two is you trade Embiid, and if I'm the 76ers, I'm I'm trading Embiid, right? Like, if if we look at the best teams in the NBA, right? You got the Lakers, you got the Clippers, you got the Bucks, and you got the Celtics. I think those are probably your, your four best teams. No disrespect to the Raptors. What do all four of those teams have in common? All four of those teams' best player can handle the basketball, right? LeBron can handle the ball, Kawhi Leonard can handle the ball, Jason Tatum can handle the ball, and Giannis can handle the ball. Right? And none of those four teams, excluding the Lakers, have a dominant big man. And even like and right like Anthony Davis is dominant but not dominant in the sense that Embiid is where it's it's back to the basket. I'm gonna grind on you all game, post up, hook shot, fall away. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's just it's not the same type of big man, right? So I so that's that's kind of the big thing, right? Like all these teams, when you look at their layout, their best player can handle the basketball. Right? So here here are my pros and cons to, to trading Joel and right? So here's here's a pro. Ben Simmons could play just like Giannis. Right, like, and this is you know the best team in the East, in the Bucks. Right, like Ben Simmons and Giannis, I think are really similar. They're both tall, long, and athletic. Both can defend really well. Both are. And I think Ben Simmons is he's a better passer than Giannis is. Right, so you know you you trade Embiid, you, you get your Hall of Picks because you're going to get a Hall of Players and Picks because you're going to be like, hey, let me think of a bad team who would trade for him. <laughs> you're going to call the you're going to call the the Cleveland Cavaliers, be like, hey, you know we got you know the best the best big man in basketball. You want them all we want are some, some shooters, right? Some, some three and D guys to, to surround Ben Simmons with. And all of a sudden, you know, you have a blueprint that looks just like the Bucks, with a guy who's probably a better ball handler and a better passer. Right? So I think that they could really kind of change their team to look in like Milwaukee. And I think that they'd have a lot of, a lot of success with that. Cause that's what Simmons is good at, right? He's good at getting to the bucket and finding, finding guys who can shoot. So I, I think that that's the best thing. And then, so here's, here's the only con that I could really think of for this. It's that you know, like their best player can't shoot, right? And that's kind of my thing with Giannis and the Bucks is like your best player can't shoot, right? So if you fall behind, you know, you can't just be like be like Golden State and be like, hey, Curry, go crazy, right? i be like, like, you see what I'm saying? So that's kind of the only con is that. But then again, you know, you, you surround them with guys who can shoot, then you'll be fine, you know? So, I definitely think that they should trade and beat. they're gonna fire Coach Brown, which I think is it's time. you know he's more of a developmental guy. you know we see this a lot, you know, where they bring in coaches to to rebuild teams, and as soon as the team's rebuilt and they're ready to go win they 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 cut the guy loose and they go hire a winner like Phil jackson right so so, yeah, last basketball thing um donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray can both play, you know they both had fifty yesterday as the jazz beats. The Nuggets 129 to 127. So I mean, both those guys can really play. They're both young guy young guards who can really score. And I'm really kind of looking forward to seeing where those guys' careers go. And yeah, I just I had to mention them because they both had fifty and it'd have been a crime if I didn't. So last thing that I'm gonna talk about before uh in the podcast for today. So the MLB trade deadline's coming up, and some baseball fans are excited, don't be it's gonna be boring, I'm telling you right now. With the format the way that it is, I think teams are maybe not taking a year off in a sense, but don't feel as big of a rush to like make the trade, you know. So I'm not really expecting too too many big deals. Um, I read an article saying that uh, Clevenger, pitcher for the Cleveland Indians, could be on the block to be traded. Uh, we'll see. That's kind of the only big name that I heard. But we'll see. I just think that you know, with the the sixty game format and teams really kind of wanting to build their teams for a hundred and sixty two game format, they're not gonna push anything out that they shouldn't, right? So we'll see. That's definitely you know, uh, there's definitely several possible storylines there to kind of keep in touch with and keep keep track of. So that's gonna do it here at Overtime Takes. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, follow us on Twitter at OC Takes. Follow us on Instagram at Overtime Underscore Takes. And that's going to do it. We should have another episode up on Wednesday. Hopefully, you know, I'm going to get in contact with ZG and we should hopefully be able to have him back here on Wednesday. So with that being said, thank you guys again so much for listening and I will see y'all or talk to y'all on Wednesday.